Greetings, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the Decision Hour. I'm Adam, and we are back at this. We're doing the series of Let's Have a Conversation. And John is with me again, and we are, and John's John's been with me. He's staying with me, and we keep, I think just before we started this show, we, we literally just came up with like another five more episodes for this Let's Have a Conversation thing. And remember, folks, it's a decision hour. We make decisions every single day, and the topics that we are talking about in this series of Let's Have a Conversation, it's time for you to make a decision. So without further ado, and before I get on my soapbox, let me get John on here. John, how are you, brother? I'm freaking awesome, Adam. I love I'm it. fired up and ready to go. John, how's everything over on your side of the world? Well, so as you can imagine, it's tense. Yeah. Uh, the Of course, uh, my organization had people at, at the embassy. I, I gave a few updates this past week on on how that was going on on my own um youtube channel i real quick tell tell people where they can find that youtube yeah yeah just go to go to youtube and if you put in john curry j-o-h-n-c-u-r-r-i-e and uh then if you put in the term afghanistan after my name one of one of the videos will usually pop up yeah and uh that that'll be a good way but yeah trying to get that thing off the ground uh uh, very great. similar to the decision hour in yeah, terms gr- of great episodes feeling. lately too. Yeah, I appreciate it. Uh, but it's tense. And uh, so my last, my latest update, which was from yesterday, I, I was noting that there's a power vacuum in Afghanistan now. Uh, our, our enemies are emboldened, you know, globally, uh, specifically Russia, China, Iran, of course, the Taliban. Um, the U.S. has a power vacuum in within the United States domestically because you've got a, a White House that's completely ineffectual, has lost the credibility both internationally and domestically. The people don't believe in their government anymore. They don't believe when their government comes out and tells them something. And so we've got multiple close allies who don't believe the United States when uh, they say we're going to do something. Today I was, I was watching the uh, parliament uh, from England, the British Parliament holds the president in contempt. Um, there are fears that we cannot be trusted to uphold agreements, afraid we will, quote, cut and run again. Uh, senior members of the British cabinet are, quote, livid over decisions made by the Biden folks in Australia. They're saying that there was no realistic plan, that uh, Biden didn't talk to a single world leader for two, two days didn't make a public appearance for four days. And when he did, he was in denial of reality of the situation on the ground, making terribly dubious claims. I mean, it's just disastrous. And uh, now here's something I want to throw out before, right on the heels of that, in the Australian press, expressed fear this administration will simply ride this out until the TV pictures stop. So... I don't even know. I don't know where to begin. Are well, we are we in the midst of the worst administration that's ever taken office here in the United States? A lot of people are saying that. A lot of people in uh, the American press and in the foreign press, particularly the Aussies, well, the you, Aussies you, are freaking pissed. You, 
if if your own if our own corrupt media is yeah. going against Biden right now, then you have to understand, folks, just how bad this administration yeah. is right now. And and I again, I've said it before. I'll say it again. I don't blame this administration entirely for the way we left Afghanistan. However, they are the ones that are currently in the position, and they should have taken responsibility. Now, there was things that were up. That, that I, I, I blame them for the way they handled it, but I don't blame them for how long it's taken us to get out of Afghanistan. We should have left Afghanistan a long time ago, and that, yeah. what, that wasn't necessarily Biden's fault per se, even though he's been in office since, you know, Jesus walked the earth, but whatever. That's you know. sure you, you can't lay you can't lay all of Afghanistan at Joe Biden's feet. No, what you can lie at Joe, lay at Joe Biden's feet and his cabinet, because I've been very strongly calling for the resignations of essentially everybody who was in the room with this disastrous plan was hatched. Yeah, uh, because they should have either uh, walked out of the room and resigned, right? If they and, and but if they agreed with with this disastrous plan, then they are uh, apparently so smart they're stupid and they need to be removed. Right. Uh, but this 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 plan that was imp implemented, Joe Biden owns and his administration owns. And here's a plan that you could have given to any uh, Marine or any um, soldier. Uh, you could have given it to a Lance Corporal. And he would have said, we're giving up all our tactical advantage. We're going to leave ourselves only one airstrip in a city. That's hard to, it's going to be hard to secure. Are you kidding me? Yeah. We're going to withdraw our troops before we withdraw all our citizens. Are you kidding me? Th this is just well, stuff that it's idiotic. Did you hear, I heard that, what is it? The British, there was an argument between two generals and, and uh, a, a an American general and 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 uh, and um, I, I want to say a British general. And the it, Brits was a, it was a, as I recall, now this is the word I got, uh, which I think is pretty accurate. It was a British brigadier, and a um, and the commander of the, um, well, the it was an army commander there, so he would have been. What do we got in there right now? We got 10th Mountain and we got the 82nd Airborne in there. I'm not sure what level they're at, but it would have been, you know, probably like a an army, American army colonel or lieutenant colonel. And um, there was apparently a serious toe-to-toe -to -toe shouting match. And reportedly what that was over was the administration doesn't like what the Brits are doing, going out and getting their people because it makes us look bad. And so our troops, I'm not kidding. You're kidding. Our troops, no, I'm not kidding. Our troops are maintaining the, the um, airport and securing the airport, but the administration is not allowing them to go venture out and go get people. The Brits and the French are going out and getting people. And so the American commander asked them essentially to stop doing that because it's making America look bad. Not kidding. Now, and, and here is the other thing. I, I I saw on the news that they were they were talking to Uncle Joe about you know the American citizens. They, well, we have a right with the Taliban. 
uh, that they'll let Americans with passports through. And that's simply not happening. And here's the other. CBS, there was a journalist from CBS of all places that called him out on the administration, the administration out on this, and said, that's simply, that's not happening. They are not letting people to the airport. So let me ask you this. And you know what? Let's make the decision right now. Let's get a little conspiracy. Let's make it froggy. We're recording this on a Monday. It's the beginning of the new week. We're feeling, I'm feeling froggy, John. I don't know about you, but what's what's the purpose of it what do we have to win by this and and i and i and let me, before you answer that let me say this because i know somebody that's listening to this right now is like oh shit here goes adam on a soapbox and we're going to get into conspiracy theories somebody's making money on this war is a profit it it's it, it is a business you don't like to hear it i certainly don't like to say it but that's how it is negativity when you're feeding the negativity there's money involved there Causing conflict between people, that creates uh, money uh, revenue. What we want to do is flip that narrative, right? That's what. That's why I started Heroes Media Group. I've made the, we started the decision now, or this more of a positive experience and whatnot. And, and we've gotten into this, and this ties into that. But what are we gaining by... Or, or is this nothing more than, hey, let's keep these people occupied and the focus over here, this is like, this is what this hand's doing, but you can't see what this hand's doing. John, what are your thoughts? Okay. Afghanistan is the shiny object right now. Oh. The public is looking at the shiny object. What is the not shiny object? What is the you know, the slow blade that's getting ready to be put into the gut. Well, I mean, the FDA just approved the Pfizer vaccine, and and that was my understanding. And I have family that's in the medical profession. My wife's in the medical field. Um, I've had aunts and, and a few cousins that are in the medical field. And I have some very close friends that are doctors who have been silent. They have been censored on every social media platform because they spoke out against the vaccine. They still do, and they cannot be heard at all. They said that it normally takes two years to run a trial period to test a vaccine, and we've done it in less than nine months. You cannot tell me that this vaccine is safe. Furthermore, you can't tell me that it's safe when it's approved with the company that has the what I was what I have read, and I'm not sure if this is accurate or not. Let me be clear, but I was uh, I have read that Pfizer has had the worst ratings on vaccines in history, and yet they were the first ones to come out in the FDA. There's got to be some corruption here. That I don't believe in coincidences, John. You know that there's something going on here. We also know that there's corruption. There is absolutely corruption, but let me throw a couple of other things out. So you mentioned the, <coughs> you, you mentioned that the vaccine, well, let's talk about a few, just let's throw out a few other things that might be in play here. Okay. Is there some force or some uh, alliance uh, between enemies that is, uh, you know, aiming to reshape the globe? So right now, Russia takes Ukraine, China takes Taiwan, super easy. Uh, you, you know, what happens with North Korea? What's, you know, 
all kinds of things could happen right now because America is so weak. Now, before the show, I mentioned this to you, and I, it's crazy, but it's kind of not crazy. Could we be witnessing a coup from the left or the right, but I think from the left against Joe Biden? Whoa, whoa, whoa. Time out. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Yeah. <laughs> wait a minute. Nah, that's just crazy talk right there. You're telling me, oh. you're telling me that there could potentially be a coup against from his own party against yep. him. Let me throw it out for you. Hold on. Let me find my notes. Okay. Let me find my notes. Now this was on my this was on my update last last night. Is it possible for the president to be this out of touch with reality without it being on purpose? It's like the joke of the, uh, what was that guy's name? The George Costanza bit where, <coughs> excuse me, where he, uh, you know, he thinks of what he wants to do. And then he says, okay, that's what I want to do. So if I do the opposite, that's going to be the right thing. And that's how he kind of gets to the right thing. Well, reverse that. And how can you make the virtually the wrong decision at every potential turn when when a 12-year-old could have made a better decision. Why are his secretaries of defense and state contradicting the party line that he had just put out in a speech within an hour? They have a they have a press conferences that contradicts what he said. How could the information in the speech be so wrong? Remember in February, the Democrats sought to remove Biden's sole launch authority for nukes. Huh. It's been pretty openly discussed that they were going to kind of keep Joe on uh, life support for a couple of years and then remove him, do the, you know, remove him with the 25th Amendment and then get Kamala in there so that she can potentially have, you know, 10 years of the presidency. How could the woke press, all of who covered for this guy for the entire campaign or anti-campaign, how could they all of a sudden turn on him like they have in the past week or so? It's all food for thought. And then I got one more thing to throw out at you. All right. What if what if the non-shiny object is something like displacing the dollar as the world's currency? Okay, as the so world's reserve currency. So using the replacing the dollar as a world currency? Well, all of a sudden we're weak. Like our dollar isn't worth a damn right now. I mean, they're they're printing. St it's Monday morning or Monday. Sorry, Monday afternoon. They're probably printing money right now. That is correct. My my understanding of like I've heard rumors about potentially going back to the gold standard. Now that that's never. I think they took the gold standard off. And you correct me if I'm wrong. You're, you're more the history guy on this, but I I want to say somewhere in post World War II. It was. It was. Uh... It was during the last time there was anything on this was during the the uh, Nixon administration where Nixon completely decoupled our our money from gold and made it just a fiat currency. Right. So the papers. And we, we have mentioned this in a previous episode that it would be hard to go back to the gold standard. But that was my interpretation that, that we were potentially going back to that. The only thing I could think of then is, you know, you see all these different crypto companies coming out. Are they going to do something? Are they going to try to do something with with cryptocurrency, and and then monopolize that in some form or fashion? So, like you said before, where's the money? Right. Who owns Bitcoin? 
Not, I mean, what kind of people own well, Bitcoin? Well, ten years ago, it was people with a bunch of computers trying to mine it. I mean, there's only about eighty million dollars, or I don't, I don't even know if there's eighty million. There's like eight million left that they can mine of Bitcoin. I would, I would be real interested. No kidding, to know like by name, by individual who owns it. Because what if all of a sudden the dollar was displaced as the world's reserve currency, and it was all of a sudden made Bitcoin? or one of the others what would that do to a person's wealth oh overnight exactly so there's the money argument you know i mean there's the where's the money there's definitely some money to be made there the situation is definitely ripe because america is so weakened we're completely underwater we're getting ready to pass this what was it like two trillion dollar green new deal which is you know absolutely full of just horrific policy uh and we we are we will automatically bankrupt ourselves we are geopolitically we haven't done that yet Inept. oh no i mean we're bankrupt but right now the way we're dealing with it is we're pumping money into the system the market keeps kind of going up because that's the mechanism that the fed uses is to feed feed through banks at the exchange window so they're they're injecting money into the system banks have the money to to utilize it ends up in the market and the dow jones and all that kind of stuff stays all those markets stay up and keep going green despite the fact that we have horrific and pretty horrific inflation already happened with chicken meat um uh, gasoline um you know prices going way up let me say this you're talking about inflation right now and in and people wanted to talk, you know, the, prior to the inflation, there was like everybody needs to get paid $15 an hour. And, and, I, and I, was, I was not a proponent of, of artificial intelligence and changing out machines, get people jobs and stuff like that. I understand from a business standpoint why, hey, go do the touch screen and then have somebody make that order. I'm, I've kind of switched my mind on that because now it, it forces people, hey, hey, go fill one of these um, trade jobs that you can't use machines, you have to have people on it. You can have a machine robot make your burger, whatever, or to an extent, but then go out and do the trade. So anyway, I say all that because if you're bringing up the minimum wage, then you're going to see inflation go up. Or or or, or here's the other thing, and it doesn't. I don't think it has to be like that because if you look back in the back in the olden days, um, you had milk was like. 10 cents it'd show up at your door some places now milk is like a five dollars yep and it's and it's like people think well i gotta make more money i gotta make more money no we need to bring the cost down on everything and stop being so damn greedy or am yeah, i am uh, i wrong for saying that no 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 i don't i don't think you're wrong at all uh there's the economy is a very complex thing um unfortunately i think we've had some really poor policy over the years and it almost it kind of parallels in my mind it kind of parallels the afghanistan debacle the 20-year war Mm -hmm. where nobody wanted to be the one who owned getting out of afghanistan right nobody wanted to be the one to tell you know general dynamics and ge and uh, Boeing that, yeah, the party's coming to an end. You guys aren't going to, you know, 
you're not going to have, you're not going to be making that much money off the war. Nobody wanted to be that guy. When you can sit there and charge $2,000 for a bolt that we can go down to the hardware store and buy for a buck 25. Right. I mean, it, 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 these, they're, they're, these, these government contracts, and I know there's, there's several that listen to this show, and this is not going to be a popular statement, but you guys screw everybody. No pun intended. <laughs> they, they, make up, they make up costs where they can. Now, some of those little things, some of those things, if you pull the string on it, you'll say, okay, yeah, that bolt has to be able to uh, withstand a crash. Oh, sure. Uh, you know, 20, 2010. Right. Uh, G's, uh, you know, in three different axes. Uh, and, and you end up with these things that are just really, really super. Right. But to charge $35 for a roll of toilet paper, I mean, and, and I've seen a receipt where it was $35 for a roll of toilet paper. It must have been some cushy stuff. That yeah, I tell you what, it better left me soft. I... <laughs> but, but back to the, you know, back to the money thing. The economy obviously is very, very complex, kind of like the military industrial complex and geopolitics right. and all this stuff where we, you know, we got wars, we've got the whole military industrial complex. Well, it's kind of the same thing with the economy. Nobody wants to be the guy that is responsible and says, you know what, well, we need to really reel in spending. Nobody wants to be the guy that says, you know what, uh, I'm going to, uh, I'm going to cut the, the welfare programs uh, and stuff for uh, this group of people because we're spending too much on it. Hey, uh, nobody wants to be the guy who says, hey, Social Security is no longer solvent. So I'm going to go ahead and tell everybody that their uh, benefits are going to have to be cut in the future. Uh, nobody wants to be that guy for any of those things because they're politicians. And our politicians tend to become professional politicians, term limits. And one other thing that I found really interesting that I listening to a Jordan Peter Peterson podcast, and I can't remember the guy's name, but he had a guest on who made a really good case that the vast majority of our politicians are essentially psychopaths. They're people who have basically no moral compass. Yeah. Now I'm not, I'm not painting them all with a broad brush, but I found it to be pretty interesting. And, and if you observe, yeah, it's pretty true. Do you think we're doomed? No. So you think Ask we could we, you think we could rebound from this? Yeah. Okay. Here's why. Well, hold on. Do you, let me rephrase the question. Can we rebound this? Can we rebound from this in our lifetime? <clears throat> yep. All right. Go on, please. I mean, I'm, okay. I, I'm I'm interested. Here's what I base this off of. Okay. I I base this off of my first the first thing that comes to mind is Germany. Germany at the end of uh, World War One and World War Two was economically destitute. At the end of World War Two, virtually everything in the country was broken. Right. Now they had the Marshall Plan, but they were able to get on their feet. The same thing with with Japan; they were resilient. And we were able to pick it back up. So let's go someplace that didn't have the Marshall Plan. Vietnam. Vietnam is now a very vibrant economy they've healed and they're a functioning country again um can it happen yeah will it happen i have no idea what's the likelihood mm. eh. 
I don't know which side I'd put a paycheck on. I really don't. But here's what I do know. Here's what I do know. When the going gets tough, Americans step up. And I, I'll talk to the audience right now and I'll say, you know what we need? You know what America needs from each and every one of us? America needs her warriors and heroes. And every damn one of us now is a warrior. And every one of us needs to step up and be a hero and say, no, not on my watch. Basically, we all need to man up. And we need to take responsibility for our piece in this whole thing. All right. So let me let me be the one to throw the monkey wrench this week. Sounds you're, you, good. You're talking to people. You're, ta- you're talking to Americans that you're talking to all Americans. However, there is a vast group. I wouldn't say the majority, but I would say a vast lar- group that likes that comfort from the government. That likes the the and I'm not talking about you know vets that get their disability checks or anything like that. I'm talking about people that sit on their ass and do absolutely nothing. And they vote a certain way because they get that free cell phone. Or you, yeah, you guys that are listening, you remember, you remember the Obama phone, or or they get. And and, and I'm not, and I'm not just pointing the finger at, at at the left. There's plenty of people on the right that are horrible. But we're talking about the 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 cancer culture mindset. We're talking about everything offends me. Let's 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 not change history. Let's erase history like it never happened. Right. When There's you, a, there, you start doing uh, that, what happens, John? What happens when you start doing that? Uh, it, well, you end up with hard times. That's what happens. You end up hard time with hard times. Yeah. When we cut, when we cut our, when we cut our morality, like I say this over and over, people are going to think I'm a broken record. I'm telling you, it all starts with valuing God in some some sense. In this case, Judeo-Christian a Judeo-Christian God in which you can anchor absolute objective truth. Once you cut your morality free of that mooring, you're doomed unless you reattach it. This is how we end up with postmodernism and we end up with a a nihilistic view of the world that has inflated that's invaded virtually every aspect of, of American culture. And now we end up with people who we know are good people who we know are not, are not stupid and yet they think that America's systemically racist and that we're not a kind people and uh, uh, all sorts of other accusations that are that are coming from the uh, fundamentalist woke left um, and yeah there's a lot of there's a lot of people like that I think we can wake a lot of them up if we have a conversation and we begin to philosophically and very clearly, articulate ideas if we can open up a conversation the ideas that our country are found is is founded on the ideas that are really no kidding traditional values rooted in a judeo-christian idea of absolute truth i think it wins the day which is why we need everybody to become a warrior because it's a huge job and it's not coming for the government look Americans, very a lot of Americans, unfortunately, there's a problem, and they look to the government for a solution. 
That's not the way it works in America. In America, we take care of ourselves and we make a solution. And then if we want to make a law about it in our government, we can go ahead and do that. But that's not the way we're supposed to be doing business. No, and we've been doing business. And I say we as a country have been doing business for wrong for such a long time now. You have corrupt politicians that are that are in there that that got that taste of power and they don't want to leave it. You know, they don't want somebody else to come in because that's their well being. You you what the average politician gets paid, what, hundred and sixty thousand dollars a year, something like that. You know what? Ballpark. It's somewhere around there for like a congressman and right. But then but then you look at it and, and they have you know, they make all these side deals and now they have millions and millions and millions and millions of dollars. And, and, you know, it's, it's pretty sickening. And I, I, yeah, I'd love to see a, uh, the tax returns and the audits over the years of, of somebody like, you know, Schumer or uh, Pelosi Pelosi or some of these people who have been career politicians and the salary that they're on, I don't care how good of an investor you are. uh, You don't end up worth as much as they are. I'd love to see where that money came from. And it, it, it bottom line came from their influence and it came from their position. All of these, all of these new uh, bills that they helped pass that are 2,500 pages or more, or more calling it a new infrastructure bill. And then they want to turn around and tax the American people to drive down the street to the store to get a loaf of bread, which so is, often, which is overpriced. Uh, yeah, absolutely. I often have discussions with people who are further, further left than me. Um, and, you know, we'll have we'll have a conversation about taxation. And they'll say, well, what do you want? You know, you want to have no roads? Do you want to have no military? Do you want to have no, you know, and name the other thing? And of course, my response is no, I don't think I don't think that's re- reasonable. I think it's reasonable to have some taxes. Um, but Look at the behemoth that we have created. We've talked about, we did a whole show on the juggernaut of the administrative state. It is a, it is a Leviathan that devours everything that comes its, its way. I, it, it is multi-layered bureaucracy that just sucks wealth. No kidding, when I was at NAVAIR, not kidding. This was a hard lesson. I was, uh, I don't know, I was in charge of, well, I, I'm, I can't remember which which billet I was in. Uh, it doesn't really matter. The bottom line is I, I had a budget to do something for the aircraft. And uh, by the time it got to me, by the time it got down to our program, the layers of bureaucracy, they literally tax. So Congress says, hey, H1 program, here's $100 million. It comes down to Nav Air. Staff at the top of Nav Air takes a cut to run their staff. And then there's like, you know, two more layers. And by the, by the time you get down here, they've taken, you know, $500,000 or something off the top of the budget. And I'm like, well, wait, wait, why, do, why does my budget not, <laughs> not, not have this? I was supposed to get, you know, a bazillion right. dollars. I'm like, no. Sorry, hard charger. That's you know that's the dad tax. You know when dad takes a bite out of your sandwich. But it, that's what bureaucracy does: is it sucks wealth and it's self-sustaining. It it's it 
starts to be for itself. And that's what our government has become. It's just become this thing that it's, it's like a job of the hut. You know, it's just this thing that just consumes. Um, we we got to try to trim it back. It's hard. going to be hard. Yeah, I... I don't. I don't even know what to say to that. It, it's just it get it gets you kind of sick to the stomach feel. Well, you know what? And it should. It should make everybody sick. And and I, people try. I think far too often to. I think there's guilt on both sides of this argument. I think there's people who try to simplify it too much and kind of take it to the extreme, and say, "Oh, what do you want? No, do you want no roads? Do you want no, uh, you know." no defense, which is kind of an absurd side. And, and, and then on the other side, when people have this discussion, they, they try to make it so com so complex that you just kind of people get lost and their eyes glaze, glaze over and they can't really conceptualize what's going on, which is kind of what, what the bureaucracy does. You know, they just, it, it, you get muddled in, in procedure and language and stuff. And you're ineffective but somewhere there's you know somewhere in the middle you know there has to be a way to discuss the the country's financial and economic state where in a clear manner everybody's got an angle so a lot of folks that are having discussions about this that you know they may have an angle maybe you know, they've got some vested interest in oversimplifying the discussion or overcomplicating the discussion but we do, I think probably the best, now this is a little on the oversimplified side, but I think the best analogy is if you have a household budget and you have a large expense, then well, next month you've got to make some sacrifices. Right. Now the government prints its own money. And so it doesn't necessarily have to make sacrifices. It should be responsible and make sacrifices, but it hasn't because we've decided uh over the past, oh my gosh, I don't know, 50, 60 years that we want to buy votes by uh, giving people money out, by uh, buying them Obama phones, by, um, you, you know, starting this, these various welfare systems. And I, I, I love the idea of having a, a kind and gentle country where there's something to, to catch the truly ill, uh, you know, uh, and the truly uh, disabled and the folks that are really, really falling on hard times, uh, but not when 49 point something percent of the population is getting a check from the government. That's a little much to me. I'm, I'm not, I, I certainly don't disagree with you there. I, I think the thing that rubs me the wrong way about the comment you just made is, is a lot of guys and gals aren't getting the things that they were told they were going to get. I'm talking specifically the military community or our veteran community. If you go to the VA and like this, like no BS, <laughs> two amputees that I know, I won't name names. Um, both are under 90%. One's at like 90% disability. The other one's at like know, 80 or something like that with missing limbs. And and those should, in my opinion, automatically be at a hundred percent. Like no questions asked. Yeah. 
And, and that, that's my opinion. People, you know, and it's hard for me to fathom that because then you know people that either work the system or whatnot, and they got a hundred percent. And and certainly that's I. You know what? And it's not that it's no fault to them. I'm certainly not blaming them. They know how they knew how to work the system. They got it. Good for them. But for the government to say, "Well, you'll be happy with this," my rub with this, and I. You'll be happy with this. We'll give this to you because they plan on the veteran not fighting back, and and not. One hundred percent. They, they, you know, and then when you do fight back, they might give you a little bit more, but they're not going to give you everything that they promised you. So you, and even though you volunteered, and I know somebody's going to say, "Well, you volunteered for the military." This, that, you're right. But when you, it's still a contract. You volunteered, and you had to sign a contract. That contract also states that if you were injured, or if you have any issues or whatnot, that the government would take care of you afterwards. They're not living up to their side of the deal. That's my opinion. I 100% agree. Uh, I do find it interesting as well. I've, I've actually had somebody try to throw it in my face that I'm a retiree and that, and looking at, uh, looking at my retirement, uh, and I do get some disability as well, and my disability uh, from 23 years in the Marine Corps as being equivalent to welfare. And I'm like, okay, hold on a sec. This, this is part of a, um, this is part of a pre-negotiated compensation package from working for the government. This is not welfare. So it's interesting how people view, you know, view things. Um, yeah, I've actually had that conversation before. It's, uh, it's a little silly, but nevertheless, the government is bloated beyond all comprehension. I think if the, I think if the American people just looked at a little piece of it, I'll tell you what, an, I, I think they'd be sickened. I'll tell you what kind of awakened me. Again, it was when I was working in acquisitions. I was at the Pentagon or I was at Nav Air or something. And, uh, I got a pie chart of the United States budget that divided it up into essentially what's called, um, oh gosh, discretionary and non-discretionary funding. Okay. So discretionary funding was uh, at the time, this is 10 years ago or more, but at the time it was about, uh, I don't know, 40% of the budget, maybe a little bit more, 40%. So on this pie chart, you know, it started at 12 and then it kind of went over to maybe, you know, seven o'clock or something. And then the larger part of the pie chart was entitlements. It was non-discretionary funding. In other words, things that are untouchable for Congress. So they, more than half of the United States budget is in entitlements doing all sorts of programs that we have implemented over the years. And anything that does anything worth doing is in that smaller part of the pie. So that's what defense comes out of. That's what building roads comes out of. That's what building bridges comes out of. That's what, uh, you know, Hold on a second. Go go back for a second. So the larger part of the pie was what? Non discretionary non discretionary spending that includes Medicare. It includes uh, Social Security. It includes welfare. It includes WIC. It includes uh, what else? You know, Obama phones. Uh, it includes all those things. 
you know, paying for public housing. And then there's probably subcontracts under each of those. And I say that because here's where. Are you talking about like people who are contracted to do work underneath like, uh, let's say like section eight housing, uh, you know, the guys that do the contracts, Hey, I, good news. I got the contract to do the paint in, uh, the, yeah, the, so they're the, guaranteed an X amount of dollars per that contract that could last two, well, three, four years, whatever. Or absolutely. that money leads to somebody, a, a business, and that sure. business could be owned by somebody that's, that wrote part of that. Oh, Adam, you must be kidding. You're shocking the hell oh, out of I me. I know, I know. Because that would never happen in America. No. Damn it. I'm so offended that you would say that. <laughs> well, you mean you're are the you first person me, I've offended today, and it's been a long day. You, I'm doing pretty. Are good. you telling me that there's a politician out there who would know that there's some legislation coming, and then oh no, do they wrote the legislation, right? And then do something, buy a business, start a business that that wickers right into right. that to make a lot of money. And they put it. They put up a a, a, a company front that they can't tie their name to directly. So they're funneling money. And now some people are like, well, that's money laundering. Well, it's, it's basically, it's legal money laundering and money laundering is not legal. I'm not saying that it's legal. So let's be clear on that. Cause I know somebody will take that the wrong way. Well, Adam said this. Is it good to go? If you're like, you know, is it, what, what's the normal percentage there? Is it like 10% if you're the big guy? Oh no! That- it's probably 15, 12, 12 to fifteen percent if you're the if you're the honcho, and then it trickles down, trickles down from the, if you're the one that fronted the money or came up with it, you, you're getting ten to fifteen, and then, and then you know three three to five, three to six, for any of the players underneath. I wonder if some. So I've heard. Is- so I've heard. I I don't know. <laughs> I sounded very confident in talking with those numbers. I'm starting to wonder if members of the Biden administration didn't cut a deal with China. Well, no, no, no. You're thinking of Russia. Uh, That's okay. Sure. That too. Yeah. Or or the, or or what's that company in the Ukraine that, well, I don't know. Let's ask, uh, let's ask, uh, what's his name? Um, Hunter. Hunter. Yeah. Hunter. Yeah. Yeah, I need to hook up with that guy anyway. I think he owes me some money. If he's not, you know, face down in a pile of white stuff right now god what a what a what a disaster i tell you what you you if if those of you that are parents out there he you want to know what you never want your kid to be like look at hunter biden i said it yeah it's pretty it is sad it's sad i don't even know where to go from here i don't either (laughs) I don't either. You know, because you know what it's, I got in my it's head? A, it's, a sh- I got my, it's, a, it's a circus right now is what it is. It is absolutely. We are in the center ring. And I don't know who the dude is in the, you know, like the, the tails with the top hat, but we are absolutely in the, in the center ring. And it seems right now, like the clown car, there's still clowns coming out of the clown car right now. Uh, because it's, it, it is freaking nuts. Yeah. It's not, I mean, we've got so much stuff happening. I mean, we just think about what we've just been talking about tonight. We just threw out some conspiracy theories, sure. But I got stuff here that's right, <coughs> excuse me, right out of the main, mainstream press that is crazier than any conspiracy theory you could ever think up. 
John, let me ask you a question. What what happens in this in this circus that we're that we're living in right now? And, and the conspiracy theories, you know, it's funny. Everybody, you know, everybody likes to say, "Oh, it's just a conspiracy theory." Well, and I always like to say, everything starts with a theory, right? But at the same time. A lot of those, you know, uh, a lot of those Q guys that everybody was giving stuff about, a lot of their stuff is starting to come true. And it's like, okay, some of them, I'll, I'll admit, were, were kind of nuttier than squirrel turds, but there, were, there was a lot of stuff that they had said that's starting to come to fruition. And, uh, I, and I'm starting to think, like, uh, maybe they were on to something there. I know. No kidding. You, you know, you're kind of like, well, holy moly. You know, I, I had written some of these things off as, as uh, you know, like you say, a conspiracy theory that was a little nutty. And then you start to see some things happening and you're like, holy moly. But the reality is, is to me, the, the observable reality is, is more nuts than any conspiracy theory I could have ever thought up that we're living through right now these days. So let's, you know, I, I, we're probably coming up on time. Yeah, we're getting there. We're getting there. The, let's run through, you know, a few things that are obvious. So geopolitically, we've got a, we've got the U S just pulled out of Afghanistan. There's right. a bit of a vacuum there. Any first world country could roll in there and take something, right? We expect it to be China. China has been drooling over Taiwan for a decade. Since, uh, well, yeah, at, at minimum, because you, you got that started with the, with the building of that, those islands in the South China sea. Uh, right, sure. But I think, you know, China has always viewed that as theirs and have never been happy about it being its own. So they've been, you know, they've been drool, drooling over since Chiang, Chiang Kai-shek, you know, uh, got out of Dodge and, and, and went over there. So th there's China's play. What, what does Russia want? Well, Russia, and there's some implications here that I haven't mentioned yet. Russia wants Ukraine. Why? Well, Why? You know what? I'm really not sure. Are they at oil or natural gas uh, natural powerhouse? Natural gas, I think. Yeah, but I'm sure there's there's probably more. So there's some more, type of resource there. There's that, something that, that they want there. that they're play on. Yeah, so Russia could roll into Ukraine. Who's going to stop them? Now, let me here. I didn't bring this up yet, but Afghanistan, the Afghanistan debacle, this disaster, this globally destabilizing event. Guess who's having conversations with Putin now that um, now that America has proved itself to be untrustworthy uh, as one of her last acts, probably in our office. Um, what's her name? Merkel from Germany has been having some conversations with Putin. Let me see if I have it in my notes. It's going to take me a while to, to find and, it. And, and, why, and while John's looking through his notes on that, the only one I want to bring up that nobody has talked about is what's going on in Africa. Or is Africa a play? I think oh. the Chinese, are, are they're already buying up property in, in Africa. And Africa has a country that has one of the largest oil reserves in, in the world. I'll let you guys decide which country that is. And here's the other thing about Africa is that, you know, we've been going to Africa for many, many years because you have a lot of the 
different terrorist groups that train in the different parts of Africa. There are parts of Africa that we can't even fly over. You have to fly in the triangle to go around because some of these uh, native uh, guerrillas, uh, that they, the, the guerrilla groups, have shoulder-fired rockets and whatnot, so they they go. They have certain ways you have to fly around. But but I think Africa is a is in a very is going to be a big play. I think the the Cape will be a big play, and I think uh, any of the countries off the Atlantic, off the Atlantic coast is going to be a big play. Now the question is: Is it going to be China or is it going to be Russia? They're both going in and buying up land. So, yeah. So I haven't looked at. I have not really examined the west coast of Africa. What I have been really concerned with of course i'm sitting here in iraq what i've been really concerned with is the straits of hormuz and the uh well, yeah but we you brought that up our last show we talked about the, the that strait iran well iran's are iran's already they've already started boosting their depleted uranium program now yep. for those of you that aren't sure what depleted uranium is, that's what they use in like the like the Sable missiles and and then like the we also have them on on the uh, uh, Abrams tanks uh, and, and stuff on the turrets. Depleted uranium is is very you know, weapons grade uranium period is is not a good thing. No, and they've been working on enriching the uranium to uh, be pure enough to do uh, a nuclear weapon for a very long time now. Um, the, we knew that when the Biden administration came in, it was basically going to be game back on for them. We knew that the Biden administration was going to fly, you know, an airplane full of money over to them. Uh, we, we knew, we knew that the Biden administration was friendly to Iran. We know for damn sure that the Biden administration is um, friendly to China. Um, and I think it's not just the Biden administration. You're talking about administration that you, you you mentioned the Biden administration, but that goes back all the way to the Clintons. Hillary Clinton oh, yeah. had a, had a, a very good strong relationship. John Kerry has a very strong relationship with Iran. Yep, I, I mean there's a lot. There is so much going on. There's so, there's so many shells. There's no no way to tell where the P is. Yeah, them hell. Maybe there's multiple P's, um, but it it is having this event, this recent event in Afghanistan is definitely something that is going to cause dramatic shifts in the world. We're not exactly sure what it, the only one we're sure of right now is that our relationships with our allies are strained. So the weaker ties may be pretty badly strained domestically uh you know the government is in chaos we're weak they're they they do not have any credibility to act internationally or domestically um the iron is hot for our enemies to strike we're not sure what they're going to do uh we shall see well i <laughs> uh Listen, folks, you're in the. Have you ever been to the circus? If not, you're watching it live from the luxury of your own home. Turn on the TV. 
100%. It's all it's all garbage. What John and I are telling you are things that either one of us have seen firsthand or know people that that we knew know people firsthand that are going through it that have seen it and that has been a part of this in some form or fashion. Yeah, so I know Go ahead. I'm sorry. Go ahead, Adam. No, Finish no, your please, thought. please, please go. I, I know people are frightened. I, I'll tell you, I've had a tremendous number of people who I know, who know that I'm over here, who knew that I was involved. You know, I had some knowledge of the goings on over here in Afghanistan or over here in Iraq, in Afghanistan, you know, just due to my position, knew a little bit about the, uh, the EVAT. I have had an unbelievable amount of communication with people back in the States and they're frightened. Yeah. It, their whole world has been turned upside down. It's almost like uh, they were in a jar and somebody shook it. You know um, they are, they're not sure which way is up right now. They don't know who to believe. They don't trust the government. Um, and it is incredibly frightening, especially with looking like uh, all of the COVID jackassery is coming back. Um, now, a lot of governors are putting the kibosh on it. A lot of legislatures are putting the kibosh on it. Uh, but people are scared. They're frightened. I, you know, I'm glad you said that because this. I want to remind people. What do you have? You're, you're frightened because of all the stuff that you're seeing online, social media, you're frightened because of the stuff that you're seeing on the news channels. What if you weren't frightened? Or what if you didn't, You what if you made the decision not to believe what they're telling you? Would you still be frightened on what's going on? Would you, That's a good question. you know, the other thing is, is, you know, follow the money. That's a, that's something I like to say. I got a friend of mine who, who very good friend of mine who uh, we don't always see eye to eye on, on on political stuff, but we have we sit down and we have the, these conversations, and at the end of the conversations, we always have a we always we, we, one of us has to tell a joke so we can lighten it up, and then we say hey, it's it's always good talking to you. We'll talk to you later this week or next week, and that's important. We don't agree, but we respect each other enough. And then usually when we see each other, we always go have some laughs and, and have lunch. I say all that because neither one of us are frightened. I'm, I'm not frightened. I'm not frightened because I know what's going on. I know that, there, that we are living in the world's largest PSYOP that's ever been created in the history of man. And there's the the people who are who are really scared are the ones that are trying to provoke this propaganda to make the us the large the, the mass scared to live in fear. There's a small group of them. They call them the elites. They call them the the rich. Whatever you want to call them. But but they're they're part of the the overall umbrella that's trying to control the world. There is a group out there that's trying to control the world. Stop being afraid. Make the decision to stand up. Make a decision to shut your TV off and not listen to the propaganda BS. Because these tactics have been going on for hundreds of thousands of years. They've just gotten more advanced, whether it was through 
letters being sent and dropped off at somebody's door or uh, things being typed in a newspaper that you used to get on your driveway or now through social media and and all through when when the TV was invented. It's all propaganda. It's it's just a different way of of doing it. It's more advanced than it was in the past. That's it, people. Make the decision to come up with your own conclusions and not believe the bullshit that you are being fed. Now, with that being said, I'll say this. Don't take my word for it. Come up with your own conclusions. John, final thoughts. I'm nervous. I'm not frightened. When you first go, first time you go into battle, you're frightened. First time I went into battle, a real shooting war, my knees were knocking so, were damn near knocking in the cockpit. I could barely get my, I could barely get my aircraft started. The only thing that brought me, really got me calmed down was realizing that I had um, three other crews, three other uh, birds with me that depended on me to, to do the right thing. Eventually you get to where you know whether or not to be frightened. And you can fight like crazy and you can be in some crazy situations, but you, you know, you know what the deal is. You do your job, you get the heck out of Dodge and you're good. Well, that's kind of the way I feel right now. I feel like I'm in the game. I feel like I'm fighting and huge consequences, but I'm fighting. And so I tell you what I call, I am calling on every American I see, every American I talk to, and I tell them America needs heroes. Be one, be one and fight. Understand what you believe, why you believe it, be able to articulate it, go have a conversation, go take action in the world. And thanks, John, for that. One other thing is is we're, we're wrapping it up now, folks. And be, but before we let you go, I, I want to I want to say you know again, the show's called the Decision Hour. We make decisions every day. It's time to make that decision. Might not be an easy one. Might be hard. We're living in a world right now where we're literally in the middle. Like John said, this is a circus. This is the title of this episode is "Welcome to the Circus," and and you're in the you're in the Right in the big ring. You're in the middle of the show. We're watching it. Boom. What what are you going to do? It's time to make that decision. One of the things here at the Decision Hour is we're we're proud to be a part of the Heroes Media Group Network. If you have a podcast, if you are a writer, or you would like to somehow contribute to the Heroes Media Group family, simply go to www.heroesmediagroup.com. Check out all the great shows. Uh articles and stuff we are hiring we are looking for content creators that uh, want to write articles for the website we're also looking for uh, more shows we want to build this directory of podcast shows for our community heroes so if you're interested in that hit us up reach out to us you can also follow us on social media all the platforms at heroes media grp we're also big supporters of veteran-owned businesses and we have a veteran-owned business. We got a couple of veteran-owned businesses, but I think I'm gonna let John start this one off. John, you know, do you know of a veteran-owned business, John? 
No, I'm thinking. I'm racking my brain, Adam. Yeah, okay. I, I can think of this marinade and salad dressing company called Semper Savage. They're veteran-owned. They're family-operated. They're making the most kick-ass marinades and dressings on the planet. It is uh, all natural ingredients, extra virgin olive oil, herbs, spices, and it is savagely flavor. It is savagely flavorful. It is homemade flavor in a bottle, and you are going to love it. Go to www.sempersavage.com and get you some. Love it. Absolutely love it. I also want to bring out uh, HMG Beverage, which is our, the Heroes Media Group's sister company. We've had a coffee line for many years. If you're uh, if you're a coffee drinker uh, like I am, then uh, go sign up for their monthly subscription. And if you just happen to be in the Tennessee area, we're now uh, excited to announce of our spirit line is now available. You can get HMG Gin, and we will have our bourbons available at Short Mountain Distillery in uh, Woodbury, Tennessee. So go check that out. You can go to HMG Beverage. Dot com. For John, I'm Adam. Till next time, you've been listening to The Decision Hour.